If you like beer, wine, great music, and unbelievable art, then I have the place for you to go. October 12th from 9 to 4 is the third annual Joppa Town Arts Festival being held at Mariner Point Park. There's going to be great train robbery on site there, so if you like the good music, there you go. Also, Who Knew will be playing as well. Alecraft Brewing Company is going to have beer on hand, and Harford Vineyard will be on hand. Also, over 50 artists and crafters. Again, this is the third annual Joppa Town Arts Festival. It is a free event open to the public on Saturday, October 12th from 9 to 4 at Mariner Point Park in Joppa Town. If you want more information, just go to joppatownartsfestival.com. Again, that is Joppa Town. That's with an E, J-O-P-P-A-T-O-W-N-E, artsfestival.com. Do you know someone who's experiencing communication issues, either brought on by a stroke, Parkinson's disease, or maybe persistent hoarseness? Or do you know someone who is losing their concentration or memory from a recent concussion? Do you know somebody that actually speaks with a lisp or even stutters? Well, on this episode of Harford County Living, Brian Godfrey and I sat down with a young lady who owns a company called Phoenix Speech Therapy. And what she does is actually sits down with adults and children that have these problems and helps them with their speech. It's, again, amazing that, uh, you know, once I meet these people and they tell me everything they do, some things I didn't think could be done. But after talking to her, it's like, oh, my God, there there is hope for you know, people that run into problems like this, concussions, I never realized that, you know, you going to a speech therapist can help with the memory. Problem swallowing. I never knew that was a, a problem that speech therapy can also, you know, take care of. I mean, it's just amazing. So if you know of anyone or if you yourself, you know, is suffering from anything like this, you know, give this young lady a call. Like I said, it's a lot of people don't even realize they may have a problem. Or you may not even know that someone you know has a problem. You know, there are a couple of little things that you can do to find out. So uh, on this episode of Harford County Living, we have Amy Bland of Phoenix Speech Therapy. So again, sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll walk away with some more knowledge. This is the Harford County Living Show, voted as Harford County's favorite local podcast, introducing you to local businesses, organizations, artists, musicians, and more. Harford County Living, there's no place like it. Here's your host, Rich Bennett. I'd like to welcome everybody to Harford County Living. I am sitting here today with a young lady. She is actually a, a speech therapist. Her name is Amy Bland. She started a company called Phoenix Speech Therapy. And while talking to her before this started, I thought it was just helping people that have had a stroke uh, or other things. But, oh, my God, look at everything you do. I didn't realize speech therapy covered so much. And most people don't. So I think that myself included, when I first heard about speech therapy, I immediately coupled it with children, right? Right. So a child that stutters, a child that has a lisp, or someone that can't say their R's correctly. That's kind of what I thought about. I had speech therapy as a child. My sister had speech therapy as a child. It's pretty common. And 
um, typical you had for that job. I did, absolutely. Really? Yes. Yeah, so I had articulation errors. I wasn't speaking as clearly. My sister had a lisp. So it is very common. However, when I went to school for speech therapy, of course I worked with children and of course I'm trained with children, but I was exposed to the world of adults and okay. that just drew me in immediately. So with the world of adults, you are working with people recovering from strokes. Right. You are working with people that have any sort of neurological disease like Parkinson's disease, ALS, Lou Gehrig's, multiple sclerosis, those sorts of things. So you're working with them as well? Yes. Oh, okay. And you're also working with people that have COPD, so some of those chronic respiratory conditions. You're working with people that have had some sort of injury. Maybe they had a fall and they hit their head. Um, you're working with people that have voice issues. They right. are chronically hoarse and they don't understand why. You're working with head and neck cancer patients. What? So, yes. Yeah, so, it is an entirely different world than Just the world of children. I, wow. Okay. I would have, I would have never expected all that. Right. And many people don't, which is why I was really happy and thrilled that you were, um, you know, you welcomed me to come and talk about it because I think that that's half of the concern. It's just the education piece. Yeah. Like you just said, I had no idea. And most people don't unless right. you've experienced it yourself or someone in your family, unfortunately, had a stroke or one of those neurological conditions or was in the hospital and they were ordered a speech evaluation. Yeah. And in the on the hospital side, which is where my background is, when speech is ordered, 90% of the time it's ordered for a swallowing evaluation. And so, huh? right, and so you come and you introduce yourself and the very first thing is, I can speak just fine, I don't need you, it was nice to meet you, but thank you so much. And you have to explain that swallowing function falls under the scope of a speech pathologist in a medical setting. So what we are looking at is to make sure that you are protecting your airway when you swallow and that's something none of us think about when we no. eat and drink right so you take a drink of water and you're not really thinking anything about your swallowing however i think we've all been in a situation where maybe we were laughing um or we were talking when we were eating or drinking and you get that <coughs> Yeah. You know, that sort or of thing, right? Or it comes through your nose. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And you hear people say, oh, that went down the wrong pipe, you know, that sort of thing. And that is what we're looking for if someone's had a stroke or there's been a change in their mental status or they keep having pneumonias and they don't understand why. So something has changed in how they're swallowing. Wait, did you say keep having pneumonia? You can have pneumonia um, if you have a situation where your swallowing has been impaired for so long. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So realize that either. Right, right. So there's so many different ways that a speech pathologist can help. Um, I would say that, unfortunately, with a stroke, you know, swallowing can be affected. Yeah. Um, speech can be affected, right? The speech can sound slurred or garbled. The language can be affected, meaning the person may sound fine but they don't really understand what you're saying right or they understand what you're saying but they can't get the right words out they know the words in their head but they just can't find them they can't get them out correctly you could have somebody that 
had a stroke on maybe the, the right hemisphere and everything else is preserved, but cognitively they're not aware that they had a stroke, they're not aware there's deficits, they're having a hard time with attention or memory or reasoning. So a stroke can really affect so many different things wow. because if you think about it, a stroke affects the brain. And right. the brain has so many different areas, again, that we all take for granted unless something changes. Yeah. I, I never realized, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they said one of the signs that you're having a stroke is your speech as well, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> yes, there's... Slur I was always taught that if you feel like something's wrong, you know, like raise your hands, right. smile, and and speak a sentence. That's pretty you know, good. I, I always That's say pretty like good. Every, I, I forget what I always say. I always look in the mirror and, right. and, and check say it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there is <clears throat> an acronym that they were using recently called FAST. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. So FAST stands for face. Make sure when you smile it's the same or symmetrical, mm -hmm. right? Um, the A is actually for your arm. So you have your arms extended sure out and make sure lower. no one, dr you right, know, yeah. one drifts. Um, S is for speech. So say something and have somebody else listen to you or, or you listen mm -hmm. maybe. And T is for time. So if there's a suspicion of a stroke, you want to get that person to the hospital immediately. Uh, yes. Um, there is a three to, <laughs> I think it's they're looking at the four hour window now, but three hours is really what right. is the best. And that's because some strokes are caused by a clot. And so the blood is not getting to the brain. And depending on the criteria, sometimes you can, as the patient, receive um, TPA, which is a clot-busting type of um, medication. Okay. And they've seen just these effects from a stroke being completely reversed. So wow. there's a certain criteria the person has to meet, but the main thing is to get them in as soon as possible so they have a right. chance. And I think the other thing is, too, because I saw this in the news twice, maybe during, during the spring or summer, um, health-wise, you could be very healthy and still have a stroke. There was one a lady who was an EMT, you mm -hmm. may have heard about it, and she mm -hmm. cracked her neck, mm -hmm. heard something pop. Yes. And then she had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And there was a young gentleman that... Did the same thing. Yes. And these, I think they were both like in their 20s. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, those are kind of the outside Rare. parameters. Yeah, right, but right. still, I mean, it's. But you it never makes know. you aware. How many people crack their neck all the time? Right. So maybe don't crack your neck as much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, high blood pressure, being diabetic, mm -hmm. smoking, drinking heavily. Help. These are all things, being sedentary, so not really moving around. These are all things that can put you on a higher risk. Yeah, all right, so you can help them with a stroke, but what about, uh, God, I'm going to forget the name of it, the other one that's a, a lot of people think it's a stroke and it's not, Bell's palsy. Oh, Bell's palsy, that's a good, I'm glad you brought that up. So a lot of people think that for Bell's palsy that, you know, speech therapy should be involved mm -hmm. because the mouth or the lips rather have drooped. Some right. people get a lot of like eyelid drooping and the research for Bell's palsy is actually not to overstimulate those muscles um, because when it starts to come back, it can be like a hyperfunction. So our role is to just give some education about some very gentle stretches, okay. very gentle movements to really allow the body to come back naturally. But you still have a role mm -hmm. involved in mm -hmm. it. But not nearly as aggressive. How many people as even know that? 
I'm not sure. I, I know of three people, one being my cousin, that have uh, you know have gotten Bell's palsy, mm -hmm. and I know it's taken them some time to come back from it. Yeah, and with Bell's palsy, that's more viral, which yeah. is why you know the treatment is different. But yeah, so. You know, certainly we have a, a small role. Stroke, yeah. we have a much more aggressive role, um, largely because the brain needs to heal, and it takes a while for the brain to heal. Yeah. And one of the ways that the brain can come back from these areas um, of deficits are repetitions. It's repetition, repetition, repetition. That's where the therapy comes in, and, and the frequency, and the intensity, and making it something that the person is interested in. In. Right. So that's one of the reasons that I transitioned to private practice was so that I could, so I'm a little bit unique in that I'm a speech pathologist that travels to the home of whoever the So they know, don't come to you? Nope. I uh, go to them. Okay. It probably makes them more comfortable. Yes, too, I would think. exactly. And I wanted to take all the stress away that I could. Right. They're already Idea. on this journey. And they're already dealing with multiple doctor visits yeah. and traffic is stressful and going to one more appointment and parking and construction. And, you know, if I can just take one layer away, then their progress is probably going to be better. Um, so I provide outpatient therapy services to people. So I'm not home health. There are some home health companies, right. but I'm not. Um, so I see people that absolutely can leave the house, can walk, but I... I see them as a convenience for them right? Mm -hmm, and a That's way good. to decrease their stress. Um, but so one of the nice things is that when I come into your home and maybe you're dealing with, you know, word finding difficulties because you had a stroke right. um, and you are in your kitchen, we're in your kitchen and I can hold up your spoon and say, what is this and what do you use it for and show me, you know, the different foods that you like and so forth and we're right. in your kitchen we're not in a simulated kitchen or picture cards or something like that it would help definitely i would think would help with the memory a lot more sure yeah. sure Makes so sense. um so that's one of the, <clears throat> the big reasons um but i think that sometimes people get lost in the terms yeah. with stroke right so um but the main thing for me is just to be that person's coach and it's a team effort, really. Right. So, I, yes, I'm going to come in and I'm going to evaluate you just so I know what you can do and what's more difficult for you. I'm going to set up a treatment plan with you and your family as to what you want to do. And then also based on what I saw. And then we're going to do this together. And some people, I'm with you for a long time because that's where you're at. Right. That's what That's the good. stroke left you with. And other people, I'm with you for just a little bit of time, you know, and you're just helping you get back to work. I think the other thing is, too, you're, and you said, the prime thing right there, you're with them. Yes. Whereas if they go, like, I don't know, to the hospital or whatever, mm -hmm. they could have different therapists Agreed. coming in. Now, I think Agreed. once you get comfortable with somebody, it, I would think it helps with the um, treatment. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to feel comfortable with the yeah. person that you're working with. You're seeing some people really struggle and, you know, I'm in it with you. I am right there with you. So when you make those victories or those gains where you haven't been able, just last week this happened, I was with somebody and um, we were working on naming family members mm -hmm. and she 
has not been able to name this one particular family member for weeks, months. It's it, you know, and, and it's not that she's not trying. It's just not connecting. Right. And last week she did it, and we were both jumping up and down. I mean, that is a victory for me, just as much as it is for her. So, it's exciting yeah. to be on the journey with somebody, and I feel privileged for anybody that says, "I want you to work with I me." I say, I, I bet you probably go through that a lot, especially with the ones that have Parkinson's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's another thing that I'm very uh, um, I try to help out as much as possible with that mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of friends and, and I've had friends that have unfortunately passed from Parkinson's mm -hmm. but in the same term I think Parkinson's is making a uh, has come along as far as the research ever since Michael J. Fox yes. got it it seems like it's Yes. It, it, it just accelerated. Yes. And, I mean, it comes there's, down to the funding. Yeah. Right? And so, fortunately, he is such a passionate person. He is a celebrity. So, he is able to use all of that to mm -hmm. keep it moving. Um, one of the things, when I first was trained as a speech pathologist, we were um, trained to do traditional speech therapy for people with Parkinson's, uh, speech and voice therapy, because yeah. um, my grandmother had Parkinson's, so um, it does hit home for sure. But the classic presentation is that the person is speaking to you, and the speech is a little garbled or yeah. mumbled, and then it trails off, so it, it gets quieter, and you're leaning in, and you're not quite sure what they said, and they're looking at you like, why didn't you understand what I just said. So there is a program now called LSVT Loud. In fact, I brought a thing for you to say. Okay. Um, and I, I say, this, right? yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Um, and I say now, but it's been around for 25 years and it is evidence-based and it is the number, you know, one level research. Um, it's both big and loud. So big looks at how somebody walks because they have that kind of shuffling, yeah. freezing, right? So it gives them big movements. Loud is just that, you know, making sure that somebody can be louder and use their effort levels to cool. be louder. Yeah, so, um, so with LSVT Loud, that's something that I'm certified in, and it's an amazing program for people with Parkinson's um, because you're teaching that person how to use their own effort levels yeah. to be loud enough. So you're not teaching them to scream or yell or shout or nothing like that, but to be loud enough so that the person understands them. And the crazy thing about this is that even though your target or, or the only thing you're focusing on is being loud, all of the other subsystems improve. So the huh. clarity of the speech, how fast they speak, you know, those sorts of things all improve just by being loud. Amy and I actually, I think we messaged about it briefly because when I saw your, you oh, know, your maybe company, so. I saw mm -hmm. something about mm -hmm. speech therapy, I thought, well, geez, let me see, because uh, that's kind of what happened to him first mm -hmm. was his handwriting got real small, mm -hmm. his speech, you know, was, he just couldn't get the words out, mm -hmm. and now it's to the point he can barely talk at all. Mm. I mean, it's like one word, you know, wow. it's, it's sad. I call the house and... Uh, 
So you guys have already connected, and they didn't realize. Well, not in person. Not, not in person. Well, not in person, but, but messaging yeah. still. Yeah. yeah well, when I th- heard you were here, I was like, oh, geez, okay, I've got other things going on. But this, I just dropped it all because I really well, wanted no, to Well, no, no, I appreciate know. it. And we were just talking about um, Parkinson's, and I only brought one, but I have other ones. Can I show it to him real quick? Go ahead. So this is um, LSVT Loud. So LSVT stands for Lee Silverman Voice Treatment. And it's named after a woman that had Parkinson's, Lee Silverman. And her family basically said, look, we know that you're trying to tell us something. And we see how frustrated you are. How can we help you? And fortunately, they had a good amount of money. And she was working with the speech pathologist at the time. And then at the time, the speech pathologist was like, this is what we know to do. And they said, let's try some different things. We're going to give you money for research, for clinical trials. Wow. And so that's how it started. Then they had um, NIH jumped on for funding. Michael J. Fox jumped on for funding. And before you know it, you know, it really picks up. Um, But this is a program that is one of my favorite things that I do because you see somebody, you know, day one, you do the evaluation and I have a microphone on my computer and I've measured them 50 centimeters from microphone to mouth about the distance of somebody you know in conversation and I'm having them do different things reading talking whatever and I'm measuring how loud they are that's what I'm measuring and so 70 to 80 decibels is really at that distance is really the normal range for somebody to be able to hear someone easily right Um, not in a bubble or a quiet space and a lot of these people you know, when I begin with them, they start in the 60s, which you wouldn't think would be that low, but it's really low because decibels is a Ten logarithmic scale. Ten decibels can scale, make a big difference. Right? It's a logarithmic scale. Mm-hmm. I'm not a math person, but I know that that means that it doubles, triples, quadruples, you know, per decibel yeah. in regards to how you hear it, right? So it's amazing because that same person that was, I don't know, 65 decibels in conversation when we started, after week four, oh my gosh, they're at 72 decibels. Wow. And they're like, wow, that's awesome. You know, so it is an intense program. Um, and one of the reasons that it works is the repetition. We were just talking about that with the brain. The brain mm-hmm. needs a lot of repetitions to make any sort of changes. So it's four times a week for four weeks straight, and they're getting homework every single day so that it becomes something that is natural. So not only are they doing the practice drills and exercises, but every day they have something called a carryover exercise. So day one, I would probably say, um, make sure you use your loud voice when you're you know, talking to your wife, husband, brother, sister, whoever. And then by day 16, I'm saying you should be using your loud voice with every single person you run into. You should be on the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go to the grocery store. Use your loud voice. So immediately you are taking the therapy and taking it outside of whatever treatment room you're in and making it real life. And that's where it starts to last. Now, um, at the six-month mark... um, I ask them to come back for an evaluation, and it's, it's kind of like an accountability check. How's it going? You still doing your homework? <laughs> Can I still hear you? You know, and it's funny because I call people up, and on the phone I know. Mm. Right. How's it going? Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to hear you. Let's come in for an evaluation. And a lot of people just need a one-week boost. They just need to re- be reminded of, let's calibrate that sound back up to where it was. Um, and they're checking in with their neurologist every six months. 
So it makes sense. Yeah. It's like um, it's like going to the dentist, right? Twice a year, kind of check in, see well, how everything is. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I went to the You're dentist. You're supposed to, right? He said. I go every six months. <laughs> he said to me, he said, you need to help us here. <laughs> like, this is a team effort, right? You've got to carry your weight. <laughs> yeah. So that is one of the amazing things with regards to research that has come out of, you know, doing all the different research for Parkinson's. So no longer is it, you have Parkinson's, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, it's, okay, let's get you on some medications. Let's get you in an exercise program. Let's get you socializing. You know what I mean? Because socialization is huge. Oh, God, yes. Because Parkinson's wants to bring the person just kind of like in. Yeah. You know, you got to keep them out. We, uh... DJ a fundraiser every year for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Uh, gentleman Ben Hayes, Ben's Tires, and bet they would bring Ben to the, to the affair and everything. It, it, you know, he was out there socializing, but oh god, it, it was throughout the years. You could see how the Parkinson's was getting worse, but Ben was still out there, and everybody loved him. Yeah. Everybody, and now I think God, so far. I think they've raised just from a bull roost. I think it was over seventy thousand dollars. That's amazing. So far combined for the th- three, and it's coming up again in November. And that's one of the ones we actually donate our time to because I've had, we had a member in the club that had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. I had well now, you, Brian, you got you just told me, and then I mean I, you do. I mean you, well, right, right. Yeah, um, and then another good friend that I went to school with, his father had. Par- it's amazing how many people you find out have Parkinson's yeah. and you don't even. Yeah, it's Realize it. it's unfortunate how many people have it, and then there's a number of people that have it but haven't been diagnosed. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So the numbers actually underreported. Um, yeah, but, but the progress that you're seeing with it, I mean, the, the treatment mm-hmm. and how some, you know, a lot of people are getting better from it. Yeah, and that, you know, good, um, another program that is amazing for people that have Parkinson's from an exercise, uh, physical exercise mm-hmm. standpoint, is um, rock steady boxing. Have you guys heard of that? So I just observed a class huh. not too long ago. Um, there's one in Forest Hill. I'm sure there are other ones, yeah. but in Hartford County, that's in Forest Hill. And the boxing class that I observed, it wasn't just boxing. It was all this different agility and balance and coordination. And and there was some boxing, of course. Right. But, I mean, I'm watching it thinking, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I was so impressed with this class. And the group ends up becoming its own support group. Like this informal support group. That's good. You know, cheering each other on. Um, So there's a lot of different resources out there that I think, again, education, just making people aware, you know, okay, so you've got this horrible diagnosis. But you know what? There are things you can do about it. You can... Um, work with the symptoms, you know, until they find a cure, because they're going to find a cure. Oh, it's yeah. just a matter of when at this point. Oh, yeah, so. they definitely will. And, and, and again, I, I have to, I think if it wasn't for Michael J. Fox, it wouldn't, the research wouldn't be as far as it is now. Agreed. You Agreed. Know, it's just amazing. Matter of fact, it was uh, not too long ago, a few years ago, I, I guess he got up on stage with um, 
Oh, geez. I can't remember the name of the band now. <laughs> Got up on stage and played Johnny B. Good on oh, guitar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I saw a bit of that. Yeah. yeah was <clears> from when he was in, Well, he was in Back to the Future mm. doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people thought sure. he didn't play. But yeah, he got up there and, and actually played. And that's awesome. Like, man, he, you got, just YouTube the video. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great way. idea. That may not be whatever band it was. But um, all right, so you're a private practice. I am. So. Have two questions. Sure. Number one, how do people get in touch with you? Okay, that's and that's how, an easy part. Insurance wise, sure. I mean, how's it? So I offer um, a free phone consultation because I have a lot of people that will call and just say, "My doctor ordered speech therapy. Mm-hmm. What does that mean?" Just kind of mm-hmm. how we were chit chatting right. about before. Why do I really need speech therapy? And what are you going to do? And what does it entail? And etc. And you know, I'm happy to speak with someone about it. Um, the easiest way is to call me, which is 443-619-7712. I do have a voicemail. The phone um, will let me know that you're calling. So if I'm able to, I'll, you know, I'll pick it up if I'm between clients. Um, you certainly can email me. Um, that's acbland at phoenixspeechtherapy.net. The website is phoenixspeechtherapy.net. There is a contact form. So there's mm-hmm. a couple different ways right. depending on what your comfort level is. And, you know, I have a number of people that I see for voice disorders, chronic hoarseness, and the phone isn't their friend at all right. at this point. And so emailing is necessary. And absolutely, I mean, all day long I work with communication. So I will take whatever communication modality you feel most comfortable with. Um I do have a fax line as well for physicians, um, and that, that's on the website. I was going to say, do, di- mm-hmm. I mean, do doctors refer you? Yes. Yeah, so okay, in good. order for me to see anybody, whether it's private pay or insurance, I have to have a doctor's order. That's a Maryland oh. State Practice Act. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So if you came to me and you said, you know what, I noticed that... Um, I'm always hoarse in the morning, or I notice that I'm having problems with my memory, and I really want a, you to evaluate me. Right. And I said to you, okay, you know, let me just have your order from your doctor. And you said, yeah, I don't have an order from my doctor. I would just ask you to ask your primary care or your neurologist or allergist or ENT or whoever you see that knows about this issue. Can you write me an order for speech therapy? And most physicians are more than willing to do that because they want you to to get better or, or, you know, um, handle whatever that situation is. So that would be, um, oh, and the order needs to be within 90 days. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's another Maryland Practice Act. Um, So, you know, if your order is two years old, oh, you know, um, dad had this order two years ago and I'm just now seeing it. What do I do? You just call the office and ask them to update the date. Update. Okay. Yeah, so that's really not difficult either. Um, but the physicians are the ones that are faxing orders over. Um, you asked about insurance. So I am a Medicare Part B approved provider. So what that means is that if somebody carries Medicare, uh, Medicare Part A covers the hospital stay, covers home health. Medicare Part B covers outpatient Um, services. So even though I'm coming to your home, I'm providing an outpatient therapy service. So that would be under Part B. If you carry Medicare, I have to bill through Medicare, period. That is a law and that's fine with me. Um, I've enjoyed working with Medicare so far. So (laughs) knock on wood, it's been a good relationship. 
Um, I am actually in the process of being approved, I should be in the next couple of days, approved for Blue Cross and Blue Shield plans of Maryland. Oh, wow. um, that's okay. the second largest insurance group in Maryland. And I'm also in the process of being approved for TRICARE. So those are probably the three insurance groups that I will stick with. Right. Um, if you had Aetna, Cigna, some other plan I can't think of off the top of my head, um, then it would be a private pay situation where you would um, pay me the private pay rate. And I could give you information to try and seek reimbursement from your insurance company. Mm -hmm. So some people do um, have out-of-network benefits and they're able to receive that. But at this time, these are the insurance companies that I have relationships with. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it can get a little um, confusing, especially if somebody has just been discharged from the hospital and they've been set up with home health. Um, I, I've had that situation a couple times where they've called me and they said, we have home health physical therapy and home health occupational therapy. Um, we need speech. Can you come in and do speech? And my answer is, when you are finished with your home health, then I can, because I can't come in as a Medicare Part B when you are with home health, which is Medicare Part A. Those are med Medicare rules. Wow. So you just have to <laughs> kind of be aware, you know, these little moving targets. And most of the time it's fine, but sometimes it, it does become a little frustrating because what if they don't have speech but they have the other two, but they yeah. want speech, but they have to wait for the other two to be finished. I was, I was going to say, I would think that could hinder the treatment. So sometimes it depends on the person's plan of care. It, person, it depends on the person's endurance level. Yeah. You know, maybe they want to set up all three services, but when they get started, they realize, hmm, they really only have the energy to do two hours right. a day, not three hours yeah. a day. So it does end up working out, but... Um, but yeah, and then I have people that are not Medicare eligible, right? They're not old enough, um, and maybe they suffered a concussion, and I'm working with them for attention changes, focus changes, concentration, memory, but they're not Medicare eligible, and they carry, I'm going to say Edna just because that's what's coming to mind, right. but they carry an insurance that, I don't, that I'm not a uh, per participating provider with, um, then that would be a private pay situation and give them forms, you know, right. to reimburse. So I was curious, you, you mentioned you take Medicare. Mm -hmm. Do you also take Medicare Advantage plans mm -hmm. or, you know, simply original Medicare and Medigap plans? So I do take Medicare Part B. I've not had any experience with anybody coming forward with Medicare Advantage plans. However, you know, I believe that that would be fine for me to take um, what has been really helpful, and for those of you that are curious about this, um, Novitas is the Medicare representative for the state of Maryland, Pennsylvania, and DC, I believe. And they are very, very helpful, both as a patient or client, as well as a provider with any sort of information, because insurance in general is confusing, yeah. right? So what your insurance clause says, what you're eligible for, what your benefits are, what deductible has been met. Now, one of the nice things is that I can look and see what your eligibility is prior to beginning, so I can give you that information. But, you know, you as the person receiving the therapy, certainly you can call them too. Right. And they 
make it much less confusing. So don't feel intimidated about calling them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So Excellent. I had I actually did have a question for you because you talked about you get referrals from doctors, mm-hmm. about Medicare and all that. And earlier before we started, you were talking about a lot of your business comes from word of mouth too. Mm-hmm. Do you deal with the VA at all? So that is on my list, actually. Yes. (laughs) So I have applied to be part of TRICARE. And I think that once that application is finished and finalized, that will be a big help. But the VA, you know, they have a facility at Perry Point. Yes. And they also have one down in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a former colleague that works at um, one of the locations. In fact, I think she might go back and forth. but yes, that is on my list to just let them know that I'm an available resource in the community and certainly can help veterans out that maybe don't want to leave their house or right. would just prefer the convenience of someone coming and working with them in their home. With the VA, and there are a lot of veterans that, of course, don't go through the VA, because mm-hmm. whether they be homeless or whatever. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that don't have insurance. Mm -hmm. Can you work with them? So, yes, absolutely, I could work with them. And probably it would be a situation where I work with a primary care physician, too, just to see how they've handled, you know, other medical services in the past. Mm -hmm. And the reason I ask that is because one of my DJs in the past, he's probably going to strangle me for saying this, he uh, apparently had a mini stroke Mm -hmm. and didn't know. And... Uh, he was in the hospital for a while, but I think it may have impaired his speech a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure. And, you know, but he has no insurance. Right. So it's a matter of, again, speaking to yeah. primary care physicians, seeing what they do, seeing if there was a way that um, maybe he just has the evaluation just to see where is my speech are there any home exercises i can do on my own so maybe he's just paying for the evaluation you know there's different options for sure so okay mm-hmm. and right when you started you said something that caught my attention okay. and i've been dying to ask you okay this. okay you said you and your sister when you were younger had speech therapy right correct your sister had a lisp she did okay did she did is it gone completely mm-hmm. really yes Okay. And the only reason I ask this is because there's a young lady who does a lot of sports interviews. Okay. And you can hear, you know, she's got a lisp, but I think she's one of the best interviewers out there. Okay. And I just think that little lisp that you hear now and then, it's, um, I guess it, it makes her stand out more. That might be her identity, right? Yeah. Maybe she's fine with it and she has used it to her advantage. So I didn't know you could actually get rid of it completely. Oh, sure. Sure. Wow. I mean, okay. it, you know, I saw something not too long ago that made me laugh um, because I think in our society today, there are high expectations, right? right. Tell me that you're going to correct this. Tell me you're going to fix this. And oh, by the way, tell me how long it's going to take for you to fix it. Well, in the world of speech, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, um, ethically, we're not even allowed to say we will 100% fix you and cure you because everybody's different and there's so many different variables, but we like to set up plans of care. This is our plan. This is what we are hoping to achieve by this state. So what we'll do is we will take something large like slurred speech and say something like, we're gonna break it down and 
by the end of this month, after we've seen you twice a week every week and you're doing your homework and so forth, you're going to be able to say this sound or this um, group of sounds in this position of the words. We're really going to break it down. Right. 80% um, of the time it's going to be clear. You know what I mean? Like that's how we're going to break it down. But we can't guarantee. Nothing's a guarantee. Right. So... You know, what I saw was that somebody had asked for another speech therapist to sign a contract saying that they will guarantee this. And if it doesn't happen by that time, they'll get their money back. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud oh, because that's not how it works. No. You know, so, yes, many people benefit from speech therapy for things like lisps or stuttering or word finding or hoarseness or memory but most people have certain strategies that they rely on and that's what we are we're, we're teaching strategies we're coaching different exercises right. those sorts of things so that you can fall back on those strategies mm -hmm. i imagine it would be hard too because like you said people can sometimes need a reminder mm -hmm. for different things and mm -hmm. yeah. so different people are going to follow your plan better too not to you know Different styles, yeah, right? Different so. personalities, different family yeah. support. Family support is huge. Mm -hmm. If I'm working with somebody that is really motivated, but they live alone, maybe they're, you know, widowed or they just don't have family around, mm -hmm. it's much harder for that person to make progress in a quicker fashion or to, to keep it going just because they don't have that family or friend support. Right. If I have somebody, same situation, but that person is involved in their senior centers and they're going to church or they're going to clubs and activities, they're going to do well because they have a community support. And it's that old phrase, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. It really does. It really does take a village for somebody to overcome whatever obstacles that they might have, whether it be from a stroke or a neurological disease or they have a vocal nodule or something like that or a concussion. I mean, there's so many different things yeah. that could happen that could change their communication. And we've been talking about adults. Yes. You know, we've been talking about Parkinson's and you know, stroke and all that. Do you work with children? So that's a good question. I, I work. Question for yeah. you know, but I'll go with the first part first. Go ahead. So I work with older children. So I work with student athletes in middle school, high okay. school, college. I guess you wouldn't really consider student them children, athletes. right? Yes. So concussions so, a lot. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yes. So not that you have to be an athlete right. to have a concussion in that age group, but that's who I tend to see. Okay. I do work with adults with concussions. I've had several people come in that have had a fall on the ice and they hit their head and they deal with the headaches and the balance issues first with physical therapy, so it's like vestibular rehab. And then later on, they start to notice things like, hmm, I came into this room and I don't know why I came in here. And that's all happened to us before. Right. But they don't ever remember. You know, it, or it takes them much, much, much longer. Or they can multitask or focus on what they're doing. Or they have a hard time. If you said to me, hey, next week I need you to be at this event. And I said, yeah, that's fine. And then it's, they, don't, they have a difficult time planning right. ahead. So <clears throat> I see that with kids um soccer and football are probably the one and two um with regards to sports but i've also seen body seen somebody in basketball 
um, which was, it was an odd situation, but that also was a concussion situation. And, and these were the kids that... I would think there'd be a lot more concussions in basketball yeah. just from them falling on the floor and hitting their head. Well, or she, jumping up and elbows uh, coming yeah, down. Uh, yeah, well, she actually wasn't thing. even playing. She huh? was watching, and it was a rebound that hit her. What? Uh, yeah, wow. I'm, t- I'm telling you, really freaky stuff. But um, wow, <laughs> there's so many different ways that you know somebody could sustain a concussion. Oh, yeah. And... I think that there is a misunderstanding that if I have a concussion, but I didn't lose any consciousness, I'm good. I'm fine. And most of the time, you are fine. Right. You know, most of the time, the brain is amazing and will heal itself. But if you notice one month, two months, three months, you know, I am still, like, I'm a little slow. I'm not moving as quickly as I once did, or I can't multitask, or why am I always forgetting this? You know, those are typically not always but effects from that concussion and you can't see a concussion on a ct scan so it is considered a brain injury but on the milder like a mild traumatic brain injury um so with the kids there's this big model of return to play and it came from the nfl you know all of that which is great the nfl really brought it um it's awareness up to everybody right um, so there's this return to play. There's trainers on the sideline. They're doing the impact testing. They're doing impact testing before these kids start sports, which is excellent. So they have a baseline to compare to. Um, and they're trying to get them ready to go back to sports. But there's also a model that's not as well known called return to learn. And that's getting them back in the classroom, ah. getting them back to doing their schoolwork. I think that's more important. Right. And I mean, <laughs> uh, you know. I love sports. I was a softball player for many, many, many years. Um, fast pitch, and I'm doing the slow pitch over 30. Um, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that the percentage of people that move on from sports to being professional sports people, and that is mm-hmm. their career, is very, very, very small. Yeah. You need your education. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, now you, know, you figure if you're playing sports, whether it be football, soccer, whatever, you still have to learn. you got to learn the place and everything. Absolutely. So the learning part, I think, should come first. Right. So our society, though, is very heavy on sports. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure that, you know, there's just as much of a priority for this return to learn. Yeah. So sometimes, or oftentimes, the um, the way that the plan works is that the person or the kid comes in for an evaluation, and I'll give them, um, it's called a post-concussive symptom scale. And it's basically like, how are you feeling today? You know, how bad are the headaches? Because a lot of them have headaches. You know, uh, what's your sleep like? You know, so there's a lot of physical things, but then it says, like, how well are you able to concentrate? Do you feel like you're in a fog? Are you having any visual issues, balance issues? So it kind of gives an idea as to where they are. Um, And it used to be that with concussion. They would say, now go stay in this dark room and sleep and don't do Mm. anything and rest. And recently the CDC has changed those guidelines and said, no, no, no. The brain needs to heal and adapt, but there needs to be a balance. So, yes, we want you to rest for a little bit of time, but we also want you doing your activities. But you're going to have some breaks in between. So sometimes accommodations that I might recommend for school are um, after the first hour, this person gets 20 minutes of of a break in a quiet room. 
you know, because school's busy and crazy, oh, and yeah. lots of distraction. Or um, he really needs to sit in the front of the class, you know, because if he sits in the back of the class, there's there's too much going on. Um, he needs to use this type of planner. He needs this. He needs that. So different things. Um, some people need to wear sunglasses because the light's too much. Right. You know, and, and you start to wean off those accommodations. But that is one of the big changes. So with regards to speech, I would typically see somebody maybe twice a week initially. And then once a week. And then once a month. And then once every two months. Just kind of checking in at that point. But kids take longer to heal than adults with concussion mm. because their brains are still developing. Right. With the sports, mm -hmm. and going back to doctor referrals here, I got to give a shout out to my chiropractor because he <laughs> hooks, you know, Dr. John Davidson, Ultimate Healthcare. So I had to. Um, <laughs> but he deals a lot with, you know, athletes from like Towson State, I think the Blast and all that. Have you thought about approaching? these teams I've not yet gone that or even route, wrestling even the wrestling but league. that's an excellent thought um, I have been contacting some neuropsychologists in the area mm -hmm. just to collaborate again right. I've been collaborating with um, some physical therapists in the area vestibular rehab um, and working together just to help that person out completely because right. it's a whole person it's not just this one little compartment yeah. Um, and in fact, it's been very beneficial, but I appreciate that thought because that, I, and given that thought is well, to actually of, go to yeah, some of the A lot of people don't teams. because, I mean, the NFL, and I'm, I'm going to say it, people laugh at me all the time about this. The NFL has brought it to the front about the concussions and WWE, you mm -hmm. know, the wrestling, mm -hmm. wrestling, uh, world wrestling entertainment. And... To the point now to where a lot of these wrestlers, if they get concussions, they're not allowed to wrestle. Right. It's simple. For, I mean, right. one guy was out for a, a, a couple years, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing um, that, you know, one concccussion can be, you know, detrimental. But if you have concussion Several. after concussion oh, yeah. after concussion, <clears throat> they are brain injuries. You right. know what I mean? Yes, they're milder, but they are brain injuries. And the other thing is with that, too, a lot of people may think, well, their speech is fine. Well, mm -hmm. not but necessarily. it's not just the speech. It's, it's not the speech. It's, it's the, the remembering. cognitive yeah. processing. And, you know, it's usually termed something like cognitive communication abilities, right? So if you kind of think about it, if I can't focus on what you're telling me or I mm -hmm. can't focus on this task that I'm doing, then how can I remember anything? If right. my focus is off or my concentration isn't working, my memory is 100% going to be impaired. And, oh, I certainly can't plan anything, and, oh, I can't reason that. So they all kind of build off of one another if the attention or focus is impaired. Right. And it tends to be very subtle things. I've worked with people who have very, very intense jobs, and they are multitasking like you cannot believe. And speaking to them, you think, why is this person coming to speech therapy? They're absolutely 100% fine. But then when they go to work, they can't do five, six, seven things, right. phone ringing, email coming in, this and that. And it's those little subtle differences that takes them out of their position. And so it's interesting because on some standardized test, 
it'll say, nope, they're within normal limits, but they're not within their normal limits where mm-hmm. they were previously. And speech therapy helps that? Yes, we try. Or I so, try. <laughs> that makes me wonder now, too, do you think, and you might not be able to answer this, do you think speech therapy could help with like ADD or ADHD? So there actually is a big push on that forefront with okay. regards to kids, right? Right. And, and oh, even adults? Side. You're finding more adults? Sure. That find out they had it. Sure. So there's different strategies probably that could help with both. Okay. Um, but yeah, you are seeing more of a push or working collaboratively with some of the different allied health professionals that mm-hmm. are either using medications or the professionals that are looking at um, cognitive behavioral therapy and how can speech work collaboratively with right. them so that everybody's on the same page. Should that be better than the medication? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and everybody has their preferences, and you do have some kids and adults that they really do benefit from the medication, yeah. and then you have some that really don't benefit, you know, and, and you can't you can't make a blanket statement about that. That's each person's, um, you know, their chemical makeup, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to ask you, and I don't know... Again, if you can answer this or not, and I'm just I, I'm thinking more or less of children right now in the learning. I see a lot of I don't know if I, and I think I am seeing more people that have it now. I've had a cousin that had it, and I've had friends that had it. Down syndrome mm-hmm. is can speech therapy help with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do mm-hmm. you work with anybody like that? I don't. Okay. I don't. I have many colleagues that do. Okay. And certainly. You know, I can refer people to them, okay. but what they work on is expressive language skills, mm-hmm. making sure that that child is saying what they are intending to say, right. that they are effective in their communication so that if they're sick, they don't feel good, that they're getting that message across, or if they're hungry or they want to go to the playground, yeah. again, getting the message across. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask that is because I know, you know, like with my cousin, you know, before she passed, it seemed like throughout, I could see it from when she was younger, and she as she got older, her mm-hmm. speech was getting better. Mm-hmm. She was able to yell at me, and I could understand <laughs> it a lot better. Yeah, you know, and, but, uh, and clarity of speech, too. So it's yeah. interesting because LSVT Loud is piloting some LSVT Loud Junior programs, and okay. it is for kids with Down syndrome, kids with cerebral oh, palsy, you know, those sorts of things so that their speech is clear. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that is great. That's yeah. good then. Good stuff. I'm being cautious not to take us off track in any, you know, down any rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, the communication, I think, I mean, I've challenged with it sometimes or, or just regular, quote, normal people sure. <laughs> communicating have, have challenges with listening or distractions and things and well, you know, I, I know that the doctor probably won't sign off and say, hey, they listened to three words and interrupted and talked yeah. over me for an hour, so you need to go to speech therapy, right? But that's, for me, communication eliminates frustration. Absolutely. And I'm glad you put it that way because, you know, one of the reasons that I went into this field is because anyone who can t- will tell you, anyone who knows me, is that I'm a talker, I'm a chatty Cathy, and I can't for one day imagine not being able to communicate what I want to say mm-hmm. or what I need to say. I mean, how frustrating is that and how upsetting and your entire quality of life changes, right? 
So if I can be that person to help somebody get across their message, then I feel like, you know what? That's what I meant to do. Because, you know, however that person needs to communicate, I want to be the person to help them. I want to walk that journey with them. So, you know, with some people, you know, I try pretty much with everyone for verbal speech. That's the number one, right? But sometimes that is not the most functional or efficient way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then let's look. Can you write? Can you email? Can you type? Oh, can you work with a computer? Great, let's do an AAC device, which is Augmentative Alternative Communication Device. It's a computer, it has different icons, it is playing messages. If you press this button, it's going to say, you know, I'm hungry, or you can program it to say, I want spaghetti and meatballs, or whatever. But I'm going to figure out some way, somehow, to get your communicated message across. So, you know, that's my passion. That's why I enjoy speech therapy so much. And I love working with kids, but I have much more experience with adults. Mm -hmm. And adults, that's, that's my love, you know, so that's what I work primarily with. That's awesome. You made me think of my stepdad again with the, because I think that's where he is. Is mm-hmm. you know my mom and they looked at different machines mm-hmm. and all. And so I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. hey, what would you recommend? And sure, I don't think that's something covered by insurance, but it's so important. I'm sure they it be is willing covered to pay. by insurance. Is it? It is by your Medicare. By Medicare. Mm-hmm. So look into his. Plan. Oh yeah, I guess it'd be maybe durable goods durable or something like that. Durable medical equipment. Medical equipment. Yes. DMA. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. there's different devices out there and what I would recommend is for him to have an evaluation to see because different devices do different things right so thankfully in the world of technology these devices can do all sorts of things so some people just need a very basic computer where it's light you know it's portable and it's giving basic wants and needs because that's what that person is able to do going all the way up to the level of this person is able to type. They're able to answer emails and so forth, so they need a keyboard. Um, Oh, and by the way, they wanna sync it up to their TV and to their lights, and it will control all of that or answering on the phone. So it's a range of AAC devices. Hmm. Um, They have ones that if the person is limited with their hand movement for whatever reason mm-hmm. that um, it will pick up eye gaze. Mm. So again, technology is amazing oh, yeah, in that yeah. sense, but you would want somebody to evaluate him to say, okay, these are things that he does well. These are his strengths. These are things that are more difficult for him. He's probably best matched with these type of devices. And then they would have those type of devices like samples for him to try out. Hmm. And then whatever device you choose, then you would bring the speech therapist in to work with training and customizing it and involving your mom or whoever else. How do I communicate with him, you know, efficiently? Really neat. I'm going to look into those. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You should. Thank you. Yeah. Dynavox is a big company. Lingraphica is a big company. They're probably the one and two. There are other ones out there. I like both of those companies. They both put out good devices. Um, some people like to use just their iPad, which again may work for some people, but it doesn't have the level mm-hmm. that 
you know, yeah, it's all most a couple people apps need. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would kind of do that. But yeah, and apps are great too. For so they have apps for everything. Apps for now. everything. Mm-hmm. There's a really awesome app. There's two that I like: uh, Constant Therapy and Tactus Therapy. And I often assign that for homework mm. so that they continue to do homework um, when I'm not there. But I have a fair amount of people that say, I don't want anything to do with the computer. I just <laughs> Can you want blame them? <laughs> to do some worksheets, yeah. and that's fine, too. I and want I want Big Brother watching right, me. Right. <laughs> I will meet you wherever you yeah. are. Um, but if somebody enjoys being on the computer, I'll work that in, too. So, what you know, whatever it is. Um, but there's great... Any activity can be a language activity. Yeah. I mean, really. You can go to the grocery store. The grocery store is great, by the way, because everything's categorized, right? So it's already categorized, and you can um, you can do all sorts of different language activities there. You can... Um, well, I like never to... never thought about that. Yeah. I like to bring letter towels. So it's from the game Bananagrams, and they look just like Scrabble towels, but they don't have points. Okay. You know, or numbers on them. It's just the letters. And so, you know, when we're working on word finding, we'll talk about it. We'll try and say it a couple of times. And then I'll give them some letters and they'll spell it. And the nice thing about the letter tiles, so when you write something, you write it. And then if it's wrong, I've got to cross it out or I've got to erase it or that doesn't look right. But the letter tiles are manipulatives. So you can move them and it's just less frustrating. Yeah. You know, so... We do that a lot. So I take all sorts of different games and use them to make it interesting. Um, Like a cognitive attention game. I brought out my old Simon from the 80s. Mm. You know? I used to love it. That's a great one, right? They don't make games like that anymore. No. You know? But that is a great one because it's a randomized pattern that you have to recall. There's no language in it. So if you have any language issues, I've just taken that out completely. Um, so, you know, you look at different things. As a therapist, your lens is a little bit different when you're looking at different activities. Do you look at diet at all? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what do you find there? So I don't have a degree in nutrition or anything like that. But just from my experience, I've learned that if somebody is having a difficult time with fatigue or endurance or whenever I see them, they they're having a hard time staying awake or something Mm -hmm. like that, oftentimes their diet is not consistent or it's not necessarily as healthy as it could be. Um, So I often will refer them to a dietitian um, just, you know, for that. If I'm working with somebody with swallowing, 100% I'm working with a dietitian because I may be recommending consistency of foods like pureed foods or fine chopped but they will probably need somebody to say, okay, she recommended fine chopped foods. These are some of the foods that you can have that you're going to get the best bang for your buck with regards to eating because we know your appetite isn't that great. Um, And then the other area I look at when I'm working with voice patients is how much water are you drinking a day? Mm. How much caffeine are you drinking a day? Because that plays into dehydrating that area. So, yes, I... Absolutely, I'm looking at it, but I'm not necessarily making hardcore recommendations. If I think that that person would benefit from it, I'm going to send them to the dietitian. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's a team. It's like a village, right? It's a yeah. team approach. 
I want it. I imagine it's like anything else. I mean, I like to eat certain things because they taste great. Sure. But then I'm not thrilled with all the consequences. So yeah, uh, like your habanero peppers. <laughs> oh, I love those. Great. He, make, like, he makes some killer habanero oh, sauce. Really? <laughs> well, you know, Lynn and I just did is a batch of uh, pickled jalapenos. Never oh. did that before. So we, you know, the wow. recipe said wait three weeks. So. I'll let you give me so a bottle. Of yeah. I'm going to be his guinea pig. There you go. <laughs> it's, so I asked about Thai. So, you know, because my wife is an avid reader, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, she read some books years ago that said certain things and we started making small changes and I'm by far perfect. I'm not ever going to get to perfection. <laughs> no. Uh, but I do notice differences. Mm-hmm. Like if I, you know, we do the best we can to not eat white sugar, like processed sugar. I don't eat sugar. Yeah, it's really addictive. So sometimes mm-hmm. I'll put some on my cereal and eat it before oh, I go sure. to bed. Okay, full disclosure. However, like if I eat a bunch of ice cream or just sugar in general, you almost have like a hangover. I get more achy. I yeah. get more oh, pains. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. I love eating that stuff, but I'm going to do it so often. So that's my own experiences. But um, but no, you're right. My husband and I did the same thing yeah. with like the clean eating and 100%, you know, notice changes. But what we have agreed upon is just balance yeah you know what i mean so yeah. if we know we're going to a party and there's like i'm a sweet tooth so i'm gonna be at the dessert table and he's probably gonna be you know more of the savory type but we're both gonna overdo it a little bit that day but then the next day we're gonna go back yeah. to yeah you know what i mean right. like just having that balance and i think that's important because nobody's perfect no. and that's a stressful place to be in right to feel like i can't mess up you know I, I don't want to but you have to find what works for you so there's so many different diets out there right so you have to look and say does this work for you does this not work for you um people that benefit from pureed foods because you know they don't have the ability to chew the food completely and they're yeah. a choking risk or maybe they don't have teeth or whatever the situation is you know trying to make sure that that food is as appeasing as possible you know so i often say if they're on that level, hey, you know, what sort of spices do you like? Do you like garlic? Do you like habanero, mm. you know, or chipotle or something? Let's kick yeah. it up with the flavors so that it's not like, oh, I have this scoop of mush. You know, like that's, <laughs> right. nobody wants right. that. That's, right. you know. Put it in a smoothie. <clears throat> right. Makes it more apt, or it looks better. Right. So, you know, just <laughs> yeah. looking at different things. And they're coming out with new things, too, like different yeah. molds that look like carrots but it's all pureed, you know what yeah. I mean, like mm. that sort of stuff. So I love the Vitamix blender. That's what we use for yeah. shakes and things. Because a lot of times we I'm have not the ninja, hungry, but same so, idea. Yeah, yeah. same uh-huh. deal, right? Just throw a yeah. bunch of good stuff in there, no, mix it up, good. and mm-hmm. you know, frozen fruit. And whoever thought we'd be drinking baby food when we got <laughs> old? <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle of life. Hey, man. as long as you put some chocolate life. chips in there, it's good. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, you just ruined my appetite there. Well, I'm thinking like the fruit smoothie. I'm not thinking like carrots and stuff oh so I'll is that do what either. you do you do like the i do either ones? or oh, uh, i only well, do the fruit ones oh no i do it would be or, frozen yeah. fruit for the you know to make it like more like a milkshake okay. consistency frozen a banana scoop of uh yes, yeah banana bananas are good. frozen yes. banana is the way to yes. do that yes um actually lynn has some because that thickens it right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah so scoop of like protein shake and then oh little bit of almond milk, some water, <laughs> yeah, maybe some ice. Yeah. Almond milk, oh, and yes. And then chia seeds, cinnamon, yes. maybe yes. some turmeric, whatever. Yes. Yeah, definitely that. But uh, no, the, the protein powder, you get away from no that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was doing that. I mean, I, but the 
the protein powder can actually cause more problems hmm. than it can help you. What I do is, how did we get on this subject? Yeah, I was just going to say, this kind of took so, a little bit, that's all I, right. No <laughs> ice. I, I'll, I'll do the frozen banana, <laughs> and then kale or spinach, yogurt, almond milk, chia seeds, or flaxseed powder, mm-hmm. not the flaxseed. Yep. Flax the because your the body seeds. won't absorb yeah. it as well. Yep. Chia yeah. seeds taste better. I've tried putting them on my head and added water, and it's not the same as the chia. But it doesn't work. <laughs> but it worked on your face. I used to love yeah, the apparently chia. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. God. Right, Santa? Yeah, I'll shut yeah. up. Amy, once again, <laughs> tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. <laughs> Absolutely. It has been so much fun being here with you guys. So thank you so much for a fun conversation. Well, thank but you. Um, So my website is phoenixspeechtherapy.net and my phone number is 443-619-7712 and for those of you that are curious my husband and I chose the phoenix as our symbol so that anybody who is experiencing any type of difficulty whether it's communication or swallowing that you can overcome it and that you will move forward. So that's why we chose it. Um, although I know some people were thinking, you know, I have had a couple calls from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, <laughs> but I have on my website that I'm in Maryland. So Well, there is a Phoenix, Maryland. There is a Phoenix, Maryland, which I serve. So I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but I serve all of Harford County um, and some northern Baltimore County areas. So, And I've also gone to Conowingo, uh, so a little bit of Cecil County, too. So anywhere within that, like, 40 minute drive time is what I'm looking at, okay. at at this time. So, yeah, but give me a call if you have any questions about anything speech related or you're just curious or maybe you're curious about going into the field of speech pathology. I'd love to work with new grads and, and mentorship as well. Great. Well, thank you awesome. so much. And Brian, yeah. thanks for thanks even for though you were late. Questions. No. Thanks for inviting me <laughs> two minutes before it began. I really appreciate it. Oh, jeez. I'm, 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 I'm never going to hear the end of it. God. Once again, if you would like to be on the Hartford County Living Show, it is free to come on. And I encourage anybody to come on. People are interesting. Everybody, as Molly said in the, in the one podcast, everybody's got a story to tell. So I welcome you to come on and tell it. Just contact me at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com or call me at 443-982-0250. And thank you for listening to this episode of Harford County Living. You can actually go to harfordcountyliving.com and click on podcast. And from there, click on the episode and there are links to our guests and our sponsors. And I encourage you to please, please visit them. Again, that's harfordcountyliving.com and click on podcast. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast from there as well. You also see a banner there that says, buy me a coffee. And if you click on that, you can make a contribution to the Harford County Living Show so we can keep this going. You can do either monthly or you can do a one-time fee. And what we're going to do at the end of each episode is mention all of those that have contributed so far. And so far, the ones that have made a contribution through buy me a coffee are Robin Burke, Law Garrity, and you've heard him on the show several times. Carol Garrity, Rhonda Herb, who was actually listening up in Canada. Kathy, Cindy Skilton, Natalie Forrest, someone that's anonymous, of course. Mal Grisada Baker, and we have a monthly supporter, Recreating Wellness.